Welcome to Glass Half Full Moon, where if we didn't cut off plastic heads with plastic swords, Full Moon features would go out of business. Casey, I seem to remember on the last episode, I, I, I ended it by being uncharacteristically enthusiastic about the movie. You did. You, you did. I, did. Did that pay did off that, for you? Did that pay off? I think it paid off for me. I'm curious to see what you have to say. Why is it that when you're enthusiastic about an upcoming film, it pays off for you, but not for me? Oh, do we have wildly different opinions about this movie? No, I'm just merely stating that, like, I was excited about Lurking Fear and it was trash. I've got a worse record in regards to that kind of thing. Well, I suppose that's... We're not talking about that movie. What we're talking about today is... The Vampire Journals, a return to the world of subspecies. Well, it's a spinoff of subspecies that does, of course, uh, live within the subspecies world um, and will end up tying into the fourth film. It's it's odd having a subspecies film without Radu skulking about in the shadows. It's odd, but welcome. It is. Now, Gabe, I'm, I'm curious as to what you thought of this movie. I'm not going to lie, Casey. I, lo- I really like this movie. I will admit that I I have a soft spot for this one as well. I like it the most out of all the subspecies films that we've watched so far. And it's probably because it seems incredibly Interview with the Vampire-esque. Just not gay as hell. R- yes. Yeah. I... I... So I, I seem to remember when we first watched Subspecies, one of one of the things I said about it was it's a great sh- vampire schlock film. It gets everything that you want in a vampire film. It gets all the gothic themes. It gets it's all those beats. I'm feeling the exact same way about this movie. I, I see. I get that. But I mean, like. I think my enjoyment came from because of how Anne Rice it felt. Like, I could see the parallels with Zachary mm-hmm. as Louis, Ash as Lestat. Um, even the soundtrack was somewhat Philip Glass. If you've ever uh, seen Candyman and heard its score, it's very similar in tone. So it's very gothic, romantic. And Zachary's narration throughout the film feels very vampire romance novel. But of course, right. still in style with Interview with the Vampire, where it's all uh, Louis kind of portraying events of his life. Yeah. I think I would go as far as to say that this is explicitly a good movie. Though I am, I am curious to see how you fall on that end when it comes to your opinion on this. I wouldn't say good, I'd say entertaining. There are definitely things that could be tweaked. Yeah. It's on the cusp. There are things that just need a okay. little bit of tweaking in order to m- pass it over the line to good. But as far as what we've seen from the subspecies line, as far as what we've watched in regards to full moon movies, this is definitely, I'd say, A tier. It's not full on S tier like Dollman or Castle Freak, but this is A tier. Yes, this is, this is a very... This hits a lot of the things we needed to hit. 
and I suppose that should be a good a good sign for us to just go ahead and jump right into it, y'all. Yes, as our fill begins with our pseudo Candyman style music within a snowy graveyard, as our credits roll for a good two and a quarter minutes. But at this point, good. It, it's it's the classic full moon two two thirty, but they actually had B roll to roll over it yes and it, it's very on theme it is very on theme it's not just still imagery it's these beautiful statues within a snowy graveyard kind of overcast and it sets the tone which is very nice right and i will say this opening scene has everything i want from a full moon movie <laughs> we got vampires we got tits we got a decapitation. We it's got just a hit neck after spurt. Hit after we hit. got a neck fountain of blood. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, we. After our credit roll, we switch to a rather odd and dreamy scene of a woman in a flowy nightgown spinning around a piano, and a rather grody-looking vampire looking upon her, who immediately bites her and rips off her top, giving us tits at three minutes in. We got ourselves a good old. We got ourselves a good old Janet Jackson. Yeah, basically. From behind, a man with a sword comes and decapitates the vampire, giving us some good neck spurts of blood and a head rolling upon the floor. But it turns out this actually was a dream. A memory of our protagonist, who never actually introduces himself. We just find out his name 15 minutes in. But this is Zachary. A vampire in search of his bloodline in order to eradicate it, because it turns out he's a vampire with a conscience. And he's about as broody as a Stephanie Myers vampire, just without the glitter. It's a no, no, that's that's wrong. He's he's Anne Rice broody, not Stephanie Myers broody. I'm gonna retract that. He's Anne Rice broody. I I can't say I've read any Stephanie Myers work. That's uh, probably for the best. Have you? I um. Casey, Casey, don't. No, but I did check out a few copies and then took them home and burned them from my local library. Okay, I can accept this. I a little a little backstory here. I when I was in high school, I used to work at the school's library and my school was a small one that combined both the high school and middle school into a single building with a shared library between the two. So, a lot of stuff was being able to be accessed between 6th grade to 12th grade. I did not want this trash getting into the hands of small children, so I might have uh, taken home a copy or two of Twilight and then burned them so that they would not fall into the hands of children who thought it was actual literature. So you actually burnt the fuck out of these books. This is not a bit. No, I actually um I actually did a mini book burning. Casey, I'm calling the police. Why? Because you did a bad, you stole a book. <laughs> I did it for a good reason. Mm-hmm. The statute of limitations on that crime is over. You can't do shit to me. Sure. Anyway, we've gone off on enough of a ta tangent. Um, back to the movie. I would also like to say that that our, our protagonist, Zachary, 
His sword is the most plastic-looking sword I've seen in a while. It's very fake. It's very, very it, fake. It, it's so exceptionally fake, I think my brain just kind of turned it off. And, like, I went back around to believing it was a real sword. It was a really weird experience. Yeah, I, I could see that. It's like, you become so attuned to it, you just accept it. But moving on, we meet Zach. Uh, we meet Zachary, and we meet our female protagonist of the film, Sophia. Yes, Sophia is a pianist from America, um, and she seems to be playing for the. Uh, I want to say this takes place in Bucharest. Of course, it takes place in Bucharest. It was. It's. It's a full moon movie. Yeah. Um. She's playing with the Bucharest Symphony, and both Zachary and a rather imposing figure take a shining to Sophia. And we are also introduced to our main antagonist, whom we will find is named Ash. I liked these characters. I just kept making parallels to Interview with a Vampire while I was watching this movie. Well, let's well, let's take a step back. Look at these characters on their own. I know. I know. That's that's probably why I enjoyed it as much as I did. On a second rewatch on a rewatching, I would probably be able to kind of separate it a bit more. I I will say I like the vampire designs a lot more in this one. They're a lot more subtle, but only slightly. They've still got fangs straight out. It's the it's the I I am left questioning how our protagonist doesn't realize the people she's interacting with are vampires. That but you know, like that's her problem, not mine. I mean, pale skin, fangs straight out front. Uh, I'm pretty sure a rather fetching shade of terracotta lipstick. But and our antagonist Ash has taken a particular liking to Sophia. Yes. Meets her outside of the venue, gives her a flower in which she is appropriately weirded out by him. <laughs> I will say that for one thing, Sophia acts very believably in a lot of these scenes. She's honestly the most believable lead female I've seen in a while with Full Moon. Because she doesn't just straight up fall in love with either of them. She's believably incensed, like, this guy's a weirdo. I don't know what's going on here. And so Ash, uh, with the way that Zachary uh, proceeds to explain things, Ash is a very, very old master vampire. It's almost impossible to sneak up on one. The only time you can sneak up on one is when they are fully entranced in their desire, in, in their bloodlust, and they have their other senses are, are solely focused on hunting. Basically, sneak up on them when they're tunnel-visioned. I thought you were going to say sneak up on them when they're horny. <laughs> I mean, that, that too. That too. But... 
Sophia is walking home alone, of course, and she finds that Ash has been stalking her this whole time. But of course, Zachary shows up to thwart Ash's plans, just like, no, shoot, get out of here. He does say in that moment, I chose her life over taking his, and that's the biggest regret I've had or something along those lines. Which does spoil some things, but, you know, we're just going to deal with that. Yeah. And then Zach is like, let me walk you home. And she isn't immediately like, yeah, she's still kind of hesitant with Zach. But it's like, well, there's one guy that tried to attack me. And there's another guy that defended me. So I guess I'll let this guy walk me home. Yeah. And he doesn't seem, you know, too weird. He still seems a little weird, but not that weird. Zachary's like, I, I live in no place in particular, and uh, this is a city of mysteries where the antiquities and the current age go together. And she's like, yes, okay, <laughs> interesting. Why are you giving him that accent? He doesn't have an accent. I don't know, though, man. Like, Zachary, Zachary's actor is from fucking Oregon. I don't know, man. Idiosyncratic. It's idiosyncratic. Whatever. <laughs> I guarantee I used that word wrong, but we're just... <laughs> We're not here for being smart. Man, I got a headache. I got I to watch the vampire journals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But what, what we do have is they eventually... Zachary walks her home. Everything's good. And then we get introduced into my favorite setting, which is the Vampire Underground Nightclub. Oh, Club Muse. Before we get into that, though, can I can I note that Zachary never introduced himself to Sophia as we've seen. She just knows his name. Don't worry about it. I, I know. It's just, it's one of those little things that I would tweak to put this over the line to be in a good movie. Mm -hmm. um, just a few little tweaks in that kind of sense. But Club Muse is definitely a cool setting. It's a gambling parlor. It's a brothel. It's a vampire den. I'm also pretty sure the underground tunnels were um, the doctor's lair in Benjamin Knight. Yeah, I'll believe that. So, I will say, it was when we got to this kind of weird vampire society, where I'm like, okay, I think I understand Vampire the Masquerade now. <laughs> I get it. I get it, nerds. I get it. <laughs> I still don't get it. But we we get we get a look at at some of our some of our unique characters, right? We, we get a look at um, one lady that is Ash's, what would you say, uh, previous love, would you say? Um, are we talking about the vampire one? or We're talking about Cassandra, the, Cass the lady. Cassandra is, I wouldn't say previous love, I would say one of his... Oh no, I mean... Cassandra is the human that he's working no, with. No, Cassandra is one of no. his fledgling vampires who's utterly obsessed with him and is mad because she's going to end up no longer being the favorite. Right. His human 
is Iris, and she basically runs the day-to-day right. operations on his behalf because she can go into the sun. He basically... I really like this dynamic. I do, too. They're, they've basically got a a symbiotic relationship in regards to convenience. He pays her, she runs the daytime stuff, and deals with all of that things like taxes and uh, other stuff like that. And it, it's just, just this real interesting like dynamic. I wish it was, I wish this part of it was explored more. They're basically business partners. Vampire business partners is, is being business. That's the next, that's the next movie. It's, it's interview with the vampire and then it's business partners with the vampire. <laughs> Job interview with the vampire. Oh no! <laughs> and this is this is where we also meet Anton, who will be a part of one of my favorite scenes later. Yes. Um. As well as what's what's just the weird guy? That's di- the one weird guy. Uh, Dimitri. Dimitri, the other vampire, who's very femme coded. So I guess this is where the gay stuff from interview comes in is with Dimitri. There's there's a little there's a decent amount of gayness here. I think this is a decent amount of gayness for a full moon flick. Yeah, but it seems that Ash is also some kind of pimp because he gives vampirism and shelter to his fledglings in exchange for half of their money. And he mad because Anton ain't living up to that bargain. I also like the idea of just straight up, effectively just buying vampirism. I'm, I think that's great, actually. I mean, yeah. You got enough money, you can live forever in certain senses. It's like, you rich enough, you can afford all the replacement organs you want. You can afford the best healthcare. You can basically get near immortality. It would make sense that if you got enough money, you can buy vampirism. But but what we what we we get kind of a look here at the inner workings of this of this um, casino, and we we get the idea that Ash first of all Ash loves music, adores it, which is why he wants to keep Sophia. Yes. And one of his so he gave Sophia his, his business card and is like, hey, come play at my private venue. I'll give you money. Well, not quite. First, what happens is one of the patrons of the club straight up killed one of the sex workers. Who was still visibly breathing on the bed. Don't worry about it. Vampire magic. Ash also apparently sees a fortune teller on the reg. Right. I forgot about that scene. Yes. Uh, She's apparently seen this weird prophecy between Ash and Zachary that's never really touched upon, just mentioned very briefly in a couple stages. Um, And Zachary's sword sword is one of a former vampire hunter named Laertes. I'm surprised they didn't just pull, pull out the Van Helsing here. I'm glad they didn't. Most everything in this has been fairly... I don't want Hugh Jackman in this world. <laughs> Most everything in this has been fairly contained without any sort of influence by other things, except for a mention of Radu later on. 
but the following morning, Ash has... I called her his Dame Time Consult. He has Iris offer Sophia a job. Mm-hmm. $1,000 for a private piano recital at his club. Right. And you know, that's $1,000. She's not about to turn that down. That's also $1,000 in 97 money. That's $1,000 in 97 Bucharest money. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure Bucharest doesn't use the dollar, so it's got to be USD. Well, I mean, I would imagine a doll- a U- U.S. dollar goes further in Bucharest than it does in America. That is true. I would imagine so. But you know what? We're not here to debate the GDP of Bucharest or whatever the <laughs> fuck. We're here to talk about vampires. Yes. Um, Sophia's recital ends up being in the a basement chamber. And she begins playing in an empty room. Or at least it was empty when she got there. As she turns and all the seats are occupied by Ash and his vampires who give half-hearted applause. (laughs) Ash was also just kind of leaning forward real intent, like staring at her as she played. Yeah. And also we get a bit of a, um, so I don't, in this, in this universe, do we, do vampires need permission to enter a place? I don't. No. I'm not sure. No, I, no, I don't believe that's okay. one of the rules here. Since we did see at some point that Zachary was able to get into someone's home without being invited. Right. But we, we Zachary attempts to go into the club to save Sophia, is unable to. Well, he does get inside. Just to turn around and he leave. He gets inside, but he doesn't get very far. He doesn't get very far because, well, that's what I was saying, because it was like, she said you're not allowed to be in here, and I thought that was like a, a vampire thing, but maybe she's just no really good at telling people to fuck off. She's just basically telling him to fuck off. You weren't invited to the club. We've got a strict clientele, that kind of thing. And we get a little bit of a parallel scene here. Yes. Where Ash goes and sinks his teeth into Sophia. And we learn that Zachary does need to feed, but he is very explicit and never taking too much. Well, it's because he's very ashamed of what he has to do. As as he should be. You know what? As he should be. But yes, this is where it's pretty obvious that they don't need to be invited because Zachary just showed up in her room while she was sleeping. Showed up. Did a bit of sucky. Yeah. Yeah, Ash gets necky with Sophia right at the end of her performance, and the next night, Sophia wakes up in a bed with a corpse clutched onto her arm. This, uh, turns out to be Ash when he sleeps. He just turns into a straight-up corpse, and that's terrifying! Did that ever happen in subspecies? No. This is very new. Because this is weird. This is really weird. I do wonder if that's, I wonder if that's in part to Ash's age. Do you think that's, that's what happened to the, to the mommy? No. Because she was so old? Yeah, but then why would Ash be so pretty when he's not asleep? Don't worry about it. (laughs) No, I think that might be like a spit, a, a little branch off because Ash was turned by Radu. 
and is therefore not of like royal bloodline so he it's almost like a dorian gray effect his sleeping form shows okay. his age hmm. Hmm. that's just my theory anyways she wakes up vampire the hijinks ensue as he's like, no, let, I need you to become my eternal bride, blah, blah, blah. Ash is basically like, I'm going to turn you into a vampire. Love me or else this is going to suck for you. Literally. And Iris... Look, you're going to be a vampire anyway. The least you can do is love me. <laughs> Iris comes in and basically says, dude, you can't take girls willy-nilly. People saw her come in. They're going to know she's missing. People are going to come looking for her. You bring in your victims through the underground tunnels. You don't bring them through the front door. Iris basically deals with the cleanup from all his shenanigans. Iris puts up with a lot of shit. She does. She puts up with so much bullshit from these vampires. It's so great. But this is also the scene where, afterwards, where we have um, Cassandra going out and killing, killing a dude. This is where I noted I would love some of this vampire fashion. I want their wardrobe. You know what? I get it. I get it, Vampire the Masquerade. Look at that fashion. <laughs> That's the only part I get. I want their closets. Give me all your clothes. If I had the figure, I would I would I would adopt the, that that dressing style. If I had the money, I would adopt that dressing style. Because some of those things look like brocade, and brocade expensive as shit. Anyway, Cassandra kills a guy. Yeah, Ash takes Cassandra on a hunt, and she straight up drains a guy out in the open. Ash even chides her for it. Just like, I like your enthusiasm, but dude, you're out in public. Maybe not? Hey, maybe you're killing a guy on the street? We need Just to go. Just, just leave him here. Make him, make him look like he's passed out drunk against the fence. Go, 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 go. <laughs> and after this, I won't lie, I've kind of lost the plot. To be fair, the plot was never fully explained at a point. We just know like, that... What, what, what I'll say, one of the worst parts about this movie is around towards the middle, it really kind of gets to be the same. It's like, oh, Ash is being mean to the, his subordinates. Oh, Ash is trying to convert Sophia over to his side. Oh, uh, Zachary is out hunting Ash. and just kind of feels like repeating those scenes over and over. That That is my biggest critique. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. Um, and that's just a matter of not having enough to fill up the entire runtime. So you've kind of got to pad a little. Um but there was a small little bit with Anton and his accountant uh, speaking in hushed tones. And you can very obviously tell they're being dubbed over in English. They're doing their best, man. I know. Ash ends up inviting Zachary to the club basically to be like, who the fuck are you? Why are you stalking me? This sword used to be mine and it was stolen. So why do you have it? Give me my sword, please. Thank you. And then there's mention of the prophecy again. That's never mentioned again after this point. Like, we have no idea as to what this prophecy is about. Just that Zachary and Ash are involved. And that's about it. Yeah, maybe it. this will just happen. This is, you know, 
it, 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 it'll it'll come back up in the sequel. I am certain. I mean, I'm sure. Maybe, but it is at this point that we find out that Ash's sire was Radu, as this is the only mention of him in yes. this movie. And then Ash offers Zachary a room and a meal for the night, with promise that he leaves the next day, and he'll get to see Sophia. Yes. And Zach takes him up There's on the There's no possible way. There is no possible way this deal could go poorly. I don't know what you're talking about. Nope, not at all. Uh, seems like a perfectly good, good scenario to me. Oh, hey, I am... I am Zachary. I am now in this room with this lady that really wants me to bite her. Oh no, my bloodlust. Oh no, I'm hungry. Oh no, I need hungies. <laughs> I need snackies. I am the hungry. Oh Z- no, your body is snackies. <laughs> Zachy hungry. While Zach is locked in this room, Ash returns to Sophia and basically says, Yo, I can make you immortal so you can practice piano forever. And be a master of it. And Sophia is still like, no, fuck you, leave me alone, let me go. And of course he once again goes bitey-bitey on her. And after, as Ash speaks after feeding on Sophia, you can definitely see the Raju influences. Yes. He, he gets that very raspiness to his speech after he feeds. And it's like, that's where it's from. He also does the, uh, rolls his eyes back into the back of his head when he... Uh, t- when he drinks blood. Yeah. He, you Which can definitely... very silly. You can definitely see where he learned it from. I learned it from watching you, Dad. <laughs> Daddy. Oh, no. That's not going to be the new... That's not That's not the new thing. <laughs> Radu not... is Daddy. <laughs> no. <sighs> well, Ash... After dealing with Sophia, has found to be very incensed because it seems Anton is still pretty intent on his betrayal. Because it seems like he was looking to flee the country with his accountant. Well, Ash. They're gay, right? Uh, they're gay coded. Yeah. But Ash decides to confront Anton, just like, why, why are you betraying me like this? After all I have done for you. You lie blatantly to my face. And Anton is still denying everything. Oh, you deny it. Okay, I stab your lawyer. He kills Anton's accountant, Walter. And forces Anton to drink from his corpse as a show of devotion. Just like, there's there's his body. There's his blood. I know he was your dear friend. Prove your loyalty to me. Take a sip. And then Ash just straight up kills Anton anyway. He cuts his head clean off and the head is still talking. <laughs> it, it this That's probably my favorite scene of this movie. It's so good. It, it, it's so good. It is so good. And Anton's head is still like, please, master, have mercy on me. And he's just a, t- a severed head. And then uh, Ash tosses Anton into the fire. Yeah. And, um, Iris is like, the fuck, though? I gotta clean this up, jackass. (laughs) Dude, Walter was human. Like, his accomplices and co-workers are gonna come looking for him. Why do you keep doing this to me? 
<laughs> I feel I feel and, and so it, much for Iris. She gets Ash is, Ash is just like lol lamau. <laughs> just like I do what I want, bitch. Which does come back to bite him. Yeah. As But Ash does keep his promise. At Yeah. Zachary wakes up and he's still got the munchies and as he's feeding from the woman he was left with, oh shit, Ash brings Sophia to his room and she finds out that her friend is also a vampire. Eating the shit out of a lady. Yeah. And now Sophia is just like, I don't know who I can trust anymore. And that's when she's like, fine, I guess I'll be your vampire slave. Well, first off, Ash gives Iris the key to Zachary's room, because Zachary's been locked in this whole time. He's not allowed to roam free. Iris gets the key and is given the instruction to take him to burn in the sun while he sleeps. Right. But Iris basically retorts, I'll do it if you kill the girl. Because you're falling in love with her, and the stronger she gets, the weaker you get. And it's just going to lead to ruin for everything, because you're going to be so blindsided. And he's just like, lol, lamau. <laughs> I do what I want. The, the, one of the other things about this movie is there's just a lot of scenes of bargaining. Yeah. Yeah. Considering Iris takes the key and decides to let Zachary go. With a bargain of her own. Yeah, and she's like... I forget exactly what she said. Basically, she... Iris lets Zachary go and says, I'm letting you go, but... You gotta do some things for me first. You gotta... Mm -hmm. Take Sophia and leave the country. Because I don't want her around here anymore. And... Okay, cool. And kill Ash. Because he's causing a lot of mess. I was already about to do that. Cool. Yeah. So it ends up working oh, out Dimitri, in her favor. We also forgot forgot to say that Ash Ash made Dimitri go clean up Anton. Mm-hmm. Which we do after, um, pretty soon after this get a very funny scene of him trying to pull Anton's head out of the fire. And quoting Shakespeare while he does it. This is a delightful character. And then he gets his head twisted off. It doesn't even twist off. Um, while Zachary is on his way to go kill Ash and get Sophia, he comes across Dimitri, who was just standing around, just like, can I help you? And he takes his head and twists it around 360 degrees. Doesn't even come off. Just twists it around. That 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 a, a bit really did need the head to come off. It fit, I just felt like it was missing something. I thought the head was going to come off. I genuinely thought he was going to twist it off or like pull it off since he even st- he even states in his narration, well, I don't have a sword. They probably just ran out of fake heads. What, they've already had like, what, three? Yeah. Come on, man. I'm not made of money. We only have money for three fake heads. <laughs> that was definitely one of the most fun kills of this movie, though. Th- this movie does have a lot of fun schlock. It does. It, it does. Well, Zachary comes upon Sophia having been turned, and as Ash is distracted, he takes the sword back 
and moves to stab it through him, but ends up just hacking into his arm. Right. At which point he absconds with Sophia. Absconds with Sophia, and we get a chase scene. And I should say, we've been, we haven't brought it up yet, but the vampires in this kind of like teleport around, but they manifest as like shadows on the walls, which I think is a great visual for to like depict magical vampire shenanigans. I do like that. I like the shadow work. It's very interesting. Like the idea of a shadow of a vampire literally turning into a shadow on the wall to like move around is genuinely a cool visual. I agree. Congratulations, Ted Nicolau. You did it. <laughs> but they, they're chasing Zachary and Sophia and they end up at the concert hall. Yes. That Sophia was originally playing at. Well, in an earlier scene, we'd also had seen Ash watching her as she practiced from underneath the stage. And now we find out exactly how he was able to do it. Right. And we get a nice little sword fight between... What's her name? Cassandra. What's her name? Cassandra. Cassandra and... Cassandra... And Zachary, where they do the most basic of stage sword fights. Except it's a sword versus a mic stand. It's a sword versus a mic stand, but I, as uh, from the brief time that I was in theater, like, you learn those moves, like, one of the first things you do. <laughs> like, that's real basic stuff. I'm, I am not impressed, Ted Nicolau. You've you done it, Ted Nicolau. You failed. <laughs> Well, that's probably why mic stand wins. As he just drives the mic stand directly through her heart. And then takes the sword back. Does he kill her? Uh, yes. Okay. And then Ash runs away like a sissy. Runs away like a bitch. (laughs) Directly into the sunlight. Only to die falling over a railing into the entryway below and burning up in the sun. He turns into a trancer for just a moment. (laughs) He does. It's straight up Transfer. He glows marks. red. He turns into his Transfer. Oh my god, this is the connection to Transfer's 4. <laughs> we, we've solved it. It's all connected, it. Casey, I told you. We solved it. It's all connected. It. We solved it. Oh gosh. But we get the ending scene where, where Zachary and Sophia, they've retreated to an underground safe area where they are able to rest for the day. And... Zachary's like, look, I didn't save you. Shit's going to be bad for you from here on out. We're just going to have to deal with it. And that's the way the movie ends. And that's the film. Honestly. It ends on a frankly dour note. Kind of cheesy, but I did enjoy it more than the other subspecies films. It genu- Here's the thing that I really liked about it. the In subspecies... You can f- get, you can feel that this is just a bunch of people running around in a castle, like, like in real life, like they're just a bunch of actors in a castle. Mm-hmm. One thing that this film did well is making it feel like this is taking place in a world. Yeah, it feels fleshed out. It feels fleshed out. It feels lived in. It feels like there's. Some amount of thought put into it. It feels lived and died in. Hey! hey. But no, I think uh, this 
could have if this there was a better script i think it's, it's a little too repetitive in places i think that we really could have used more interesting uh scenes between characters but otherwise i like this movie i'm here for vampire journals you know what i also very much like Sophia does not fall in love with Zachary. Sophia does not. At most, she is like, you're my, you're the guy I owe my, owe being like protected to. At most, she sees him as a dear friend. Like, he's going to end up teaching her all about being a vampire, what she has to do to survive. He's going to, it's going to be trauma bonding, essentially. But she does not fall in love with him. At most, she thinks of him as a friend throughout this entire movie, and I respect the fuck out of that. I respect this movie. You know what? I think that's the ending we should do. I respect this movie. <laughs> Sophia is the most realistic female lead I've seen so far in a full moon feature. And that's very refreshing. So, um, Casey. Yes. Do you want to hear a review for this movie? Yes. 10 out of 10. The title of this review, only for those with taste. It's only kind of a vampire pun. Like, only kind of. But we'll, we'll, we'll... Okay. Do you like vampire movies? Do you feel that for a movie focusing on this particular topic to be taken seriously, it has to be placed in Romania? Do you want to see a gory scenery, hear great atmospheric music, and experience vampirism as it's supposed to be? Well, then you should get your hands on vampire journals ASAP. I, you know what? Sure. I'll agree with that. I wouldn't say 10 out of 10, but you know what? I, I like their enthusiasm. So, Casey, with the game we play at the end of this... Here's here's the spin I'm gonna give it give on. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to see Zachary hunt down? Ooh, that's a tough one. You know who I want to see him hunt down? The werewolf from Meridian. I want a vampire versus a werewolf. You can't just say that because you want them to die. <laughs> I want a vampire versus a werewolf. I if- want to see. Oh, go on. If not that, I want to see him hunting down the aliens from Bad Channels. Because I just want some kind of vampire versus thing going on. Vampire, vampire versus, versus aliens. Vampire versus aliens. I was going to say the weird underground creatures from Lurking Fear. Okay. okay. Because I want to. I just want to see him like go hog wild with that sword cutting through a horde of weirdo uh, troglodytes. <laughs> okay. Okay, I can see it. I can see it. All right. Well, anyway, Casey, that has been Vampire Journals. What are we watching next time? Um, do we got to watch the next one? Listen, Casey, there's not a page for it on Wikipedia. It's our duty as as chroniclers to watch this movie. Um Okay. If if I get viruses on my computer, I'm going to blame you because next next movie we're watching is uh, Alien Abduction Intimate Secrets, which I'm pretty sure is porn. I, th- I think this next one's porn. Well, the abbreviation for it is one word aw- is one letter away from AIDS. 
I'm I'm sure someone laughed at that. I'm sure someone laughed at that somewhere. That was just in poor taste, Gabe. A lot like this movie. Hey oh Pray for us. Anyway. Pray for us. I mean our souls are already damned, but pray for us. That's uh that's what we're gonna be watching next time, but until then, um be very be be cognizant of who you're dealing with because if you see someone with a bunch of vampire fangs just hanging out, they're probably a vampire. Or at least just very, very kinky and not afraid of who knows it. But other than that, I hope everyone has an absolutely horrible evening. That's that's the thing we say to enemies, right? <laughs> yes. Bye. All right. Bye.